Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii, joined by G. A. Wiley. The return of Brandon Deutsch, Steve Karp is here, and everyone's a winner, uh, Jihei, because uh, the uh, team uh, you and Karpi uh, root for, uh, the Giants won, Brandon's 49ers won, and my Cowboys won, so all well. Uh, Jihei, you slept in your Giants jersey, for goodness sakes. What's going on there? Yeah, you know what? I I, I did. I, I just swapped it out, So, but I still got my G-Men gear on um, okay. right now, so still, still sticking with them. Yeah, you know, that was... That was rough. They make you sweat for it. Yeah. <laughs> they make you earn that win as a fan. So um, I know I know Steve was, you know, had high, normal expectations more than I did, I think. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I, I'm, I'm better, better late than never, I guess. Better to be one and one than oh and two. So I, I'm happy. What about you, Steve? I echo what you just said. <laughs> I agree. I'd rather be one and one than oh and two. And have the other 15 games not being squat. But uh, yeah, and, there's still hope that it matters a little bit. Not much, but a little. And also, I don't think, I think it's good that Saquon avoided a super serious ankle sprain. He might not, he's probably not going to play Thursday, but I don't think right. he should have played anyways on that short week with that swollen ankle. So, you know, thank gosh for Giants fans because he's the whole team right now. All right. So let's, let's, let's get started here. Um, Man, I don't even know where to begin. As I as I was talking to Steve before we came on uh, the show, so much going on. Well, Carpy, let's start here. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders. A lot of people were, uh, you know, felt, mm. felt very good about the team. Again, it's only one week, but you know, for one week anyway, they were first place in the division. Uh, really brought down to earth, getting blown out by Buffalo on the road again. You, you perhaps maybe expected them to lose, but not get blown out in this fashion. Your thoughts on that uh, terrible performance in week two? Well, if you had watched the first series on offense and defense, you were thinking to yourself, hey, maybe these guys are going to find a way to not only stay in it, but perhaps win it. But then reality hit. Josh Jacobs still can't find his way. I mean, that performance, negative rushing, minus two yards overall from the NFL's leading rusher of a year ago. Sorry, that doesn't make it happen. Jimmy Garoppolo looked very Jimmy Garoppolo-ish. Brandon, you can appreciate that <laughs> being a Niners guy. You said, oh, I've seen this one before. And, and this continuing saga, well, there's a, one other offensive issue. 
that Hunter Renfro, for whatever reason, is not part of this offense. It, it's just flat out bizarre. Of course, but when you, you factor in the other bizarro world thing, that being Chandler Jones is continuing absence from the team and 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 now there's there's he's levying charges that someone molested his stepdaughter. I mean, at some point the Raiders need to address this one way or the other on, on all these fronts if they want to be serious about moving this uh organization forward and being part of the conversation to try and make the playoffs. You know, incidentally, they're still in first place today. Yeah. One and one with Kansas yeah. City, you know, the Chargers. I don't know what's going on with those guys. And, and Denver, of course, you know, unable to close the deal against Washington yesterday. So as bad as the Raiders played yesterday, and they were bad. Yeah. Uh, first place. Steve, I have to attest, I have to agree with you on that. I mean, I also think they caught the Bills at a very bad time. Um, yeah. The Bills were dominated, or not really dominated, but Josh Allen played really bad in week one, uncharacteristic of how he usually plays. And you knew once they came home, they were going to go nuclear against whoever they played. It didn't matter who they were going to play. They were going to yeah. try and try and beat him to a drum. Again, you like you mentioned, that the aforementioned Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he was – Good in week one, not great. He made a turnover, and then he was great on the first possession, and then all of a sudden, you know, it was it was turnover city. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is it, it just it's a weird fit with Devonte Adams because Devonte is a vertical threat guy. Jimmy can't throw the ball downfield that great. I mean, I know he did it once yesterday, but that's just because Devonte had him beat. Uh, he's not excellent at throwing the long ball. Jimmy's a guy who gets the ball up super quick. Really needed Jacoby Myers yesterday. Didn't use Hunter Renfro. Um, and it's just weird because Renfro's carpet, it seems like that's a guy that would fit perfectly with Jimmy Garoppolo since he's similar to Myers. Yes. You know, he plays, play, can run slant, you know, can play a little in the slot. Like, that just seems like uh, another part of the offense they should have used. And why aren't they using their tight end they drafted in the second round? Meyer, that guy is actually a good pass catcher. Never targeted, like ever. It's kind of kind of weird, it, in my opinion. Yeah. It, it all goes back to Josh McDaniels' uh, philosophy. He's you know relying on two or three individuals to carry the day when in in reality they should be spreading it out as much as possible to force defenses to cover everybody. I mean, they're very easy to defend. You know, yeah. you you keep you keep Devontae Adams in check, relatively speaking, you probably win in a game, especially when Josh Jacobs can't run the ball worth squat right now. I mean, the fact that he sat out the whole preseason, he's now just playing himself into shape. Now, granted, they played the Steelers Sunday night at home, home opener. Maybe he has a big game against that defense. I don't know. But there may come a point where McDaniels has to look at Zamir White as his uh, starter in the backfield. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to add to a rush. I don't know if you want to get into the Rams Niners. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So Brandon, uh, before, before we get into that, Steve, what, what, where does this team go moving forward? Uh, is this like a one game aberration? Cause I really think through the first couple of weeks, um, you don't really know what you have, right? So, I mean, yeah. do you do you think this team is closer to the way that they they team they played in week two, or the way they played in week one? 
honestly, week two, even though they played a superior opponent in Buffalo, I'm, I think there were questions going into the season that you couldn't really answer in the game against the Broncos. But boy, did the Bills expose the Raiders' warts. Yeah. And I'll tell you, they 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 got to figure out a few things, okay? One, they got to have someone else besides Matt Crosby get pressure on the opposing quarterback. Two, they've got to execute better in the secondary and at linebacker. Three, they, they've got to be able to run the football. I mean, it's like Brandon said, Garoppolo's not a deep threat thrower like Derek Carr was. And so you could have Jacoby Myers and, and Devontae Adams on the field, but if you can't get them the ball, what good is it? And they are certainly underusing Hunter Renfro and to a degree Michael Meyer. He, he is absolutely right about those things. And, uh, it, you know, it's really funny because if John Gruden were still coaching the Raiders, Michael Meyer would be getting a ton of touches and Hunter Renfro would be getting a lot of targets. Yeah. But under Josh McDaniels so far this season, and two games is a small sample size, but it does speak volumes as to where the mentality is with this offense. So, Brandon, SoFi Stadium, not surprisingly, turned into Levi South once again. Uh, we <laughs> talked about that. It was a sea of red. And, Carpe, I mean, you kind of saw that in the preseason when uh, San Francisco took over Allegiant Stadium. But, I mean, it, it's really become a thing here um, in Los Angeles. But besides that, though, Brandon, did you gain any, like, insight I've been pleasantly surprised by the Rams. A, I didn't think they'd go into Seattle and win the way that they, that they did. I didn't think that they would have a lead against San Francisco in the first half. And I didn't think, again, we could talk about the bad beats, but that was a one-touchdown loss. I mean, a very close game. And so we'll see how San Francisco does. Your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I was really impressed with the Rams, the way the Rams played football, especially Puka Nakua, who Grant Mona and I were very <laughs> high on before the season. I mean, there's a clip. We have evidence in July where we said Puka Nakua is almost a cup clone. He's not as good as cup, but like he can get out there. You know, he does all the, the slot receiving, he goes behind the linebacker, like behind the linebacker in front of the corner and just stops on a dime waiting for the football, runs the slant posts sometimes but I mean the guy's a receptions monster he's a stud I think we we gauge that they don't really need um you know Cooper Cup as much as we thought and Stafford is still good at football I know I threw a couple picks the first one was a tip that was on Kyron Williams that wasn't really on Matthew Stafford the second one was just a bad read but the Niners have a good defense and they scored 27 points on what a lot of people consider the best defense in football I think now it's Probably Dallas. People are saying like Dallas is kind of the clear cut best team through two weeks. The Niners did not look the way I thought they would. And if they want to win a Super Bowl, Brock Purdy cannot be overthrowing three, three touchdowns. He had Debo Samuel for a touchdown, Ayuk for a touchdown, Juwan Jennings for a touchdown. Overthrew all of them. That looks Jimmy Garoppolo esque. When we've been accustomed to seeing, uh, you know, and I like Jimmy Garoppolo, but you know, that's what he did in the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, overthrew. Uh, I, I believe that was Debo Samuel. Might have been what? Who was it? I think it was Depot Samuel, but uh, Carpy can can help me on that. But again, same thing with Purdy. He can't be he can't be like that for a team that wants to win a Super Bowl. And for the Rams' sake, I was impressed with them. They look like they can actually make the playoffs. I was dead wrong about how bad I thought they would be. Yeah, um, where does San Francisco go again? I mean, I think they they've looked fine. 
it's always going to be tough winning a divisional game. Um, do you still, I mean, I, I, I tell you guys all the time, I, I don't think the Cowboys, and I say this as a Cowboys fan, mainly because they, they, they disappointed me. Is San Francisco still built for postseason success? Yeah, I look, it's the Cowboys have this is their legit shot. Uh, again, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm like you, Arash, like I, Cowboys tend to choke before the NFC uh, championship game. But I do think if they match up with the Eagles in the NFC divisional, they have a serious chance. They played the Eagles very well over the past few years. They can really match what the Eagles do. And unfortunately, they didn't get to play the Eagles. They had to play the 49ers last year. I, kinda, I believe they would have beaten the Eagles if they had played them. Um, in the NFC divisional, you know, rather than somebody else last season, yeah. rather, uh, well, that was the NFC divisional was against the Niners and the NFC wildcard game or whatever like that. Cowboys need to win the division. I think they can. I think the Eagles have lost a step. I know they run the football, but I think, you know, they Hertz does not look as good as he did last year. Again, it's early. You never know. The Niners are on a good trajectory. They haven't lost a game that Brock Purdy has finished yet. And it won't change on Thursday. I mean, I the spread's 10. I think the Niners win by 20, even on a short week. No offense to the Giants and Daniel Jones, but they should. Otherwise, they have they should not be in the Super Bowl conversation if they can't beat the Giants by 15, 20 points. I hate to say it. It's nothing against the Giants. It's just when you're the elite of elite teams, you have to take care of teams like that. The Cowboys beat them 40 to nothing. So basically, what Thursday is going to show for the 49ers is are the Cowboys better than the 49ers? Because right now, I think they are. And it's crazy to say that because I think the 49ers have a better roster. Um, and we know Dak Prescott in big games is going to choke, probably. But, I mean, so far he's looked good. So far he's looked good. I hate to say it. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. But they, 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 they didn't impress me as I thought they would. Yes, I thought they'd win by 15. They won by 7. That was a bad beat, by the way. The McVay. I mean, Mc, I, people are like, does McVay have money on the game? I mean, that was, that was crazy, by the way. Carpy, did you see that? There's, there's four, I did, seconds, I four did. seconds left in the game. My, my friend had bet the 49ers. He was not a happy camper. Right? Um, but Carpy, yes, I did see it. So much happening. Uh, you're going to be um, at the Barry Hodem uh, press conference. We'll do a column off that. Big, significant win for UNLV. Um, yes. I really don't know how far you, you, you got to go back to get a victory like that. What can this do for this program? Well, we're going to find out this Saturday. They've got to go to play at UTEP, which is a terrible team. UTEP is 125th in total offense in the FBS, okay? So you're, you're virtually at the bottom. All right. UNLV, we got to see who's playing quarterback. Is Doug Grubfield coming back from his back injury? Or is Jaden Maeva going to stay on the field where he was just tremendous save for one bad throw he made late in the game, which gave Vanderbilt a shot to win it? And of course, they missed the field goal. It's about keeping moving forward. And, and you know, there's a kind of a parallel here. On, on different planes, obviously, but there is a parallel between what UNLV and Colorado are doing. All right. Obviously, Deion Sanders getting a ton of national attention. The guy's on 60 Minutes last night. Barry Odom is doing a thing on a local TV station at 11 o'clock at night. All right. But you're talking about two programs that have been really bad for a, a, quite a while. And, you know, Colorado's 3-0, UNLV's 2-1, and 
Both are trying to aspire to get to bowl games and get their programs turned around to where they have long-term success. Now, I don't know how long Deion Sanders is going to stay at Colorado, all right? But I think Barry Odom is here for the long haul at UNLV, and there's no question he and his staff know what they're doing, which is something the previous staff of Marcus Arroyo could not claim. So if you're a UNLV fan, there aren't a whole lot of them out there, you should be encouraged and to steal a line from Dion, which I'm using in my column today, do you believe? Yeah. So uh but it was a it was a wild game, Arash. It was crazy. I mean, back and forth, back and forth. One team had momentum, then the other team had, then they get it back and and then, you know, the kid from uh, Liberty High, Maeva he, he throws a, a huge pass late in the game to set up the game-winning field goal. So, um, you know, having watched UNLV play for the last 35 years, there have only been one or two bright spots during that time. <laughs> one was when John Robinson was the coach. And we may be seeing another one here with Barry Odom. He, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Steve, uh, do you believe in the Las Vegas Aces? Again, they're going back to the semifinals. Fifth, oh, yeah. year, fifth year in a row going for back-to-back titles again. New York would be in their way, uh, perhaps, in the finals. Your thoughts as they now head to the semifinals? Oh, I, I believe from day one with this team because, especially when they had Candace Parker, but even without her, I knew they wouldn't need her to beat Chicago. But what, what, here's what's impressing me about the Aces. Defensively, they're locking down and they're they're keeping people really, really offensively challenging. In other words, they're just making stops left and right, whether it's Asia Wilson or Chelsea Gray or even Kia Stokes. I mean, they're getting good, sound team defense. And I think whether they play Dallas or Atlanta in the second round Sunday, that's going to be the key going forward because they're going to score. I mean, Jackie Young will get her points. Kelsey Plum will go on a little run. She'll get hers. Certainly Asia, you know, she broke Becky Hammond's playoff team record with 38 points yesterday and 13 rebounds. She's, there's no one other than Brianna Stewart who can really match up with her. So, yeah, I, I definitely think the Aces are in good shape. Now it goes to three out of five. Um, all you need to do is hold serve at Michelob Ultra Arena over at Mandalay Bay, and they will be in the finals in October against, you know, whether it's the Liberty or Connecticut or whoever, though, you know, Connecticut's got to... Oh, uh, yeah. nope, I'm here. Gotcha. Connecticut's got to get past Minnesota, which uh, went over to Bohegan Sun yesterday and won. So, yeah, no, and you know what's exciting about the Aces, Arash? They're getting really, really good crowds. Yeah. I mean, they're getting... You know, women's basketball has been a struggle for 30-some-odd years. The WNBA has been in existence trying to gain a foothold in the national sports scene. They've had a good good relationship with ESPN. Their ratings are good. I don't know how good it was yesterday going up against the NFL, but the Aces draw really well. And, uh, And it's their fans, by the way. It's not like the Raiders 
where the opposing team no. comes into Allegiant Stadium and they dominate, which is what's going to be the case Sunday night, by the way, when the Steelers come here. You know how many Pittsburghers live oh, yeah. in Vegas and, and will come here for the game? It's going to be a sea of black and gold instead of silver and black. But yeah, yeah. no, the Aces are, are doing what they got to do. And, um, you know, whether they get Candace Parker back, we talked about this last week, I don't know. It uh, doesn't sound like she'll be available if they get to the finals, but uh, right now they're they're looking good. We're, we're going to see if Brandon can stick around uh, for the next segment if he can't. Uh, by the way, a very big congratulations for Brandon doing amazing work content wise for uh, picks wise. Uh, so really great to see him give his uh, expert picks. So hopefully Brandon can stick around for the next segment, Steve. You have so much going on, so we'll uh, have you back on next week against uh, Vegas Golden Knights are coming up again. The training camp preseason, a lot of good stuff coming up. But you got yep. the Raiders, you got the Aces, you got UNLV. So much happening. So I will uh, see you uh, soon, my friend. Uh, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by Fernando Ramirez of the Sporting Tribune. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune. Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you doing, my friend? Arash, I'm doing well. Thank you again for having me on. You're doing better than the Chargers, man. And I always <laughs> am thinking, and they suck me in. It's like that scene from The Godfather where, you know, just when you think you've escaped, they, they suck you back in. Once again, the Chargers have a late fourth quarter lead. Once again, they blow that late fourth quarter lead. Fernando, they are 0-2 on the season, and we talked about it, that, listen, we don't know how the season is going to finish, but I think we both thought that they would begin the season well. My goodness, my friend, they are 0-2. Your thoughts so far? Right now, they're in prime position, a draft second overall. That means <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. would be a Los Angeles Charger, I think, or maybe a pass rusher. Who knows? But... Uh, but, yeah, it's not looking good right now. It's uh, in the fourth quarter. And that's what I wrote about them. Like, their play-calling decisions on offense uh, towards the end of games, there's no creativity. Guys can't get separation. It's just really 
bad overall, and, and it leaves you wondering what's going on. And then the defense just can't stop anybody. I mean, you let Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill only had four incompletions yesterday. Ryan Tannehill with a hobbled DeAndre Hopkins. It just it was not a good look for them yesterday. Just a bad, ugly game. Um, questions are starting to rise. And then after the game, you saw Brandon Staley in the press conference was a little short with uh, with the media. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just not looking good. And then Minnesota, you're going to go to Minnesota next week. They're feeling – they're pissed off. They're 0-2. Justin Jefferson, I think, is going to have over 200 yards on this defense. So, uh, they could possibly be 0-3 coming. Arash, I was wondering, do you – I don't know, but the way they're trending, they could be 0-4 by the time oh, the week comes. Don't say – I mean, I, I they could, but I don't even want to think about that. By the way, Fernando, you teased our good friend, Brandon Deutsch. You know, the reason that he doesn't joining us now, he's a big-time digital content creator for PixWise. Brandon, what's up with the Chargers? And when uh, when they blow another lead like that, uh, like as you're doing content for PixWise, do you think of TikToks or memes? I know you had fun with the Sporting Tribune's picture of the robots who are at the game in week one. Your thoughts on the Chargers, my friend? Yeah, that was creepy, by the way. That might have that might have cursed them for the whole year. That one might have been a double curse now in the Chargers because they were already that cursed. Was so ugly. That was so bad. <laughs> yeah, that was really bad. I was looking at that and I was like, I this is, uh, that ain't it, you know? It's not that's all you gotta say. That ain't it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like but, you are not uh, the one. <laughs> you are not yeah. the one. <laughs> but real but uh, if we're going back to the Chargers, it's weird because Herbert's you're going to look at the stats and you're like, he's played excellent, right? Or like good. And then you look at Keenan Allen, he dominated. Mike Williams had a good day. The defense, I mean, they're paying, I know Bosa didn't play, but they're paying how many, how much money did this defense, the players on this defense? A lot. Well, Bosa actually, he he, play. Bosa only played. Oh, he played. He played. That's right. That's right. That's no, right. He well, didn't play whole, he uh, the whole 13, game. I meant. I meant. He had 13 snaps and had two sacks. So it's <laughs> like, now should they just put him in a limited role yeah. to have him kind of just use that energy to sack the quarterback? But my bad. I interrupted you. No, no, that's right. Yeah, he played, but he didn't play the whole game. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think the issue here was I mean, I like the way Kenneth Murray has played. I think, you know, he's taken kind of a leap. A lot of people might disagree, and there a lot of Chargers fans are not happy with how he's developed over the past couple of years, but I think he's played okay. Uh, the secondary's played really bad besides Derwin James. I mean, that's just, they just are absolutely getting cooked. We know they haven't had a good run defense in the past. Henry played well. Um, you know, Raheem played well the week before, uh, and they'll probably get cooked next week too, even by Madison, who looks like, you know, the worst fantasy player in the world right now. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be real though. I think they have a chance to win that game. It's just... You know my thoughts on Staley. I'm not going to go into it. I thought Kellen Moore should have been the head coach. I know he's the offensive coordinator. I don't think Staley should have kept his job. I've been adamant about saying that. He just cannot win football games. There's something wrong. Close games. He loses almost every single one of them. And again, a lot of it is not on him. Justin Herbert did not look good that last possession. I don't. And Kellen Moore was calling those plays. So the guy I said promoting to coach, those were not excellent play calls. And Tennessee was at home. They had something to prove. Rabel always likes being the underdog. It's just you got to win at least one of those games. They lost both. That's typical Chargers. I hate to say it. I want something to change, but that's just so typical Chargers right there. They're the only team to ever score to ever start 0-2 despite scoring 50 points in both <laughs> games, or combined with both yeah. games and having no turn. They haven't turned the ball over at all. That's just amazing. The football, they're doing a good job with it. Like It's just uh, it's bad right now, and, and 
you're kind of looking around for answers and nobody has them. They're just saying we need to, we need to practice better. Well, I don't think that's it. Like something has to change. If not, they're see they, they literally could be choosing top 10 in the draft if they continue this way, but they're just so tough. Like you look around the NFL, the Falcons are two and oh, yeah. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are two and zero. Oh. Like, there's so many teams that you're like, wait, they're two and like the Washington Commanders. Commanders, think, yeah. You know, like, it, it, it's just crazy though. And the Chargers have like probably the most talented roster, and they just, I just don't know if these players fit what Staley's trying to do defensively, and it just seems like it, it's it's not doing well. And and uh, now it's been this is third year. And the defense just as bad as it's been since before he got here. Gus Bradley did well for, with this defensive team. They they had a top fifteen defense every year, and Staley comes in and he's a defensive mastermind, and they can't even crack the top twenty. So it's just uh, it, it it's not a good look for them, and and uh, yeah, it's just pretty bad. Fernando, what are um? And again, we hope they don't begin the season this way. But you touched on it. Uh, go on the road to Minnesota this Sunday, uh, home game, quote unquote home game against the Raiders. Bye week, quote unquote home game against the Cowboys. I only say that, and I hate to say it, but by the way, the Chargers are not alone. I mean, the SoFi was a sea of red for that San Francisco game. So, um, and then they go on the road to play the Chiefs. I mean, the first. Look at him, look at him. Brandon has a smile right now that you said 49er fans uh, infiltrated. <laughs> right, uh, he so loved that. He yeah, knew that smile. was going to happen. He knew that was going to happen. Uh, then they go on the road to play the Chiefs. I mean, the, like, and I don't want to say for sure win, but the they're only gonna win. They're going to beat Kansas City. They're going to beat Kansas City. Uh, you watch. Gonna they're yeah, right? they're, yeah. they're going to beat Kansas City. Everybody else, who knows? It's a toss-up. But Kansas City, they're, they're probably going to end up. That's what they usually do. They do that. They'll beat Kansas City. They'll give everybody hope again, and I don't know. It's just weird. It's is just there, weird the way this team is built. Is there a scenario, and I hope this doesn't happen because I like him personally, but I think we all, uh, you know, he, he, he has his uh, critics uh, professionally. Is there a scenario where Staley does not survive this season? Uh, I don't think so, just because that's not the Spanos MO. Yeah. Uh, usually fire coaches, but, I mean – it's hard to ignore the comments on social media. It's hard to see what fan. I mean, pretty soon, like in that Raider game, I bet you by halftime, if they're losing to the Raiders, they're going to get booed out of that stadium. Like fans are going to start booing. And then you're at the point right now where if something doesn't change, and I'm not saying firing Staley or anything, but if something doesn't change, fans are going to start giving their tickets away. Like the Lions yeah. come there. you There might be a lot of Lions fans. Uh, Chicago Bears, Chicago Bears fans are gonna are gonna take over. Like they, they, they this could get ugly if uh, if they start off the way it's looking right now. Like they could lose some fans. Uh, fans could just not want to come to the stadium anymore and deal with all that. So yeah, you're right. They're they're at a dangerous point right now. But I just don't see them. That's not the Spanos mo. Uh, shaking things up. Uh, it just doesn't seem like something that they would uh, they would do. Especially because Brandon still has an extra another year left on his contract, so he signed a four year. So, uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, and, and if this trend happens after the season, I mean, a lot of questions are going to come upon the team because what do you do with general manager Tom Telesco? Uh, yeah. Does he get to choose a fit? Uh, one, two, three. Does he get to choose a fourth head coach, um, or do you you have to let him go? Or him and Staley a pair? Like it's just. Uh, 
it's not uh there's a lot of que- and there's a lot of questions that are going to ha- are going to be brought upon uh John Spanos the president of football operations like I don't know it's just uh definitely going to be interesting to see what uh what uh these guys decide to do but I mean Staley said we saw 15 games to go a lot can change but just these first two weeks that uh they just haven't been good they haven't been able to finish games they don't you have to go for the throat you can't just uh like like the last two weeks, they settled for field goals instead of trying to put it in the end zone and go for touchdowns. So, Kellen Moore, when Kellen Moore needs to get the most creative, which is at the end of games, it's like he just goes for the basic packages. Oh, One, geez. two, and I don't mean to go on a tangent or anything, but Quentin Johnson was brought in because Justin Herbert missed having a speedy receiver that could uh, take the top off the defense. And he's only doing curl routes and, uh, and stuff like that or blocking for running backs. Why are you not utilizing him for his speed? It's just, it's mind-blowing to me the way uh, they've kind of started these two. Look at Jordan Addison. Addison is doing well for Minnesota. Um, Flowers is doing well for uh, for Baltimore. Like, why are you not utilizing your first-round draft pick? I just don't, it, it it's mind-boggling to me. I can't wait to read your grades because it was a little bit like Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. You get an F, you get an F, you get an F. It was, uh, you uh, held nothing back, and I think we're going to get more of the same. It was a bad week for the Sporting Tribune teams. The Rams lost, the Raiders lost, the Chargers lost. A question for uh, you two, Brandon, I'll start with you. Which of those three teams has the best shot to make the postseason? <laughs> Oh man, uh, Chargers! Chargers okay. have, the, have the most talented team. I mean, I still not sold on the Rams, even though they played very well against a very good football team. But I was more unimpressed with how the Niners played. They should have won that game by twenty points. Brock Purdy threw overthrew three guys wide open for touchdowns. So I, I'm still not sold on the Rams. The Chargers have the talent to win ten games still. Fernando. Uh, I would say neither right now, but I mean, the Chargers have the most talent on their team, but I mean, something needs to change. I mean, I don't know. You kind of got to give these guys a kick in the rear end or something, but it's just, uh, and I mean, people are trying to like, it's so funny to me that on social media, sometimes I try and see what fans are saying. Some fans are blaming Brandon. I saw a lot of Justin Herbert slander and I was really surprised because I mean, we saw the same stuff from Philip Rivers. I mean, Philip Rivers in his last few years, he was kind of yanked down a little bit by uh, by the talent around him and stuff. So I, I, I don't know. I just I was surprised that I saw a lot of Justin Herbert slander. But uh, some people are blaming Kellen Moore. Some people are, blaming, but I don't know. I, I think the blame has to go for to to Telesco, Brandon, and Kellen Moore, I guess. But uh, the players as well. I mean, it just. It hasn't materialized, and and uh, it, it, for this to work, everybody needs to be uh, a unit, and it just doesn't seem like that. Uh, that's the way this is going so far. Yeah, it's just been frustrating to watch. A lot of the same mistakes continue. Um, Want to switch gears and get both of your thoughts on this? Uh, it does seem like the Padres still will spend. Now, again, this season has not played out for them. But when you look at the team Shohei, uh, Shohei couldn't consider, Shohei Otani, done for the season. Um, people cleaned, out have, his cleaned out his locker. So, you know, the Padres are, so it's, you know, it's the Padres, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Giants, the Mariners. Um, 
Brandon, I'll start with you. And then, Fernando, I'd be very curious if you think the Padres will truly be in that mix. What do you think Shohei does? And are you surprised uh, that the season kind of played out like this? Again, I mean, a lot of people saying, uh, you know, he, he didn't play for a while, cleaned out his locker. Your thoughts on what's next for Shohei Otani? I'll go next. Fernando, oh. you can go first. Oh, um, I mean, I'd, I'd be I'd be surprised if he chose the Padres. I mean, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be the Charger or the it's gonna be between the Padres and the Dodgers." But I, I just don't know. I don't see it that way. I mean, why would you want to come to the Padres where there's a lot of beef? You don't know what's going on. They're about to lose Blake Snell. They're about you know what's you know what's crazy is that the Padres decided to extend you Darvish and. Yeah. Uh, and he's like 38 or something. Like he, he's an old dude. Um, and it's like, what? Like, why would you give him that? Co- they should have given that contract to Blake Snell. Yeah. They should have given Cronenworth's contract to Hassan Kim. Like, it is just crazy. It's a mess. It, it, it's just so bad. But, I mean, why would Shohei want to come down here? I mean, I know they have Juan Soto. They have Manny Machado. But you saw, I don't know if anybody read the Union Tribune's uh, story, but... They're saying that there's a lot of beef in the locker room that people can't hold other players accountable, and uh, it's just ugly down here. I mean, if I was a if I was Shohei, why would I come down here? I mean, yeah, you Darvish is here, yeah, uh, Hassan Kim and other guys are down here, but it's like, eh, like I don't know, I I, I, I don't know. I, I would choose the Dodgers if I was him. I mean, they're still winning. I mean, they can't win in the postseason, but they can at least win in the regular season, I guess. Yeah, firstly, I'll say Padres, Padres are saved by their scouting department with Salas, Merrill, all those guys. Yeah. They got uh, they got lucky, you know, for the future. Angels, not so lucky. I mean, the Angels are arguably the biggest embarrassment in team sports over the past 10 years. I hate to say it. It's just, it's just the facts. I mean, the way they've handled every situation, it's not professional, The who they have there. I mean, maybe it'll change when Artie Marino, if Artie Marino sells the team. But I can guarantee you most Angel fans will not be watching the Angels next season unless Artie Moreno sells because they're never never going to be good until he sells the team. That's first off. I mean, just every person he's ever hired has sucked. Every signing he's ever done has sucked with the GM's permission. And he's been too hands-on and it hasn't worked. I think, you know, he's doing a disservice to the fans by keeping the team. That's first off. Now, Otani is probably going to choose between three teams. Dodgers, Mariners, Red Sox. I think Giants may be fourth. I, I, I wouldn't count out the Mariners. I think they have a good young core and they can pay him. Barry DePoto is also the GM there. There's some ties there, even though Epler signed, believe it or not, worst GM in the league, Billy Epler signed Shohei Otani. Believe it or not, miracle Mets fans out there listening. Um, not Jerry DePoto, but I do think Seattle's an option. I think Boston's an option. He's friends with Yoshida. I think they have a nice young mix of prospects. I mean, Rafael is good. Fenway's historical. He would hit 55 home runs a year at Fenway if he stayed healthy. Uh, but is it true that he doesn't want to go to the East Coast because he wants people in Japan to be able to watch his game? I think so. I think it's, it's more – It's more. Un- yeah, you're right. It's more unlikely he'd go I was to just Boston. wondering. I'm I just, just heard saying. that, so I didn't know if it was true or not. And I think San Francisco has a good mix of winning culture, doing more with less prospects and money. So I think San Francisco is another option. Obviously, the Dodgers are one. That's a prohibitive favorite. But you got to understand something. Shohei hasn't hasn't stepped up in a lot of big games either. I mean, there was 
numerous situations. And I know this is unfair to say because the Angels are not a great baseball team. They're not good. But there's many times when he, yes, he led the team single-handedly. But when they were down two, bases loaded, he struck out. I think you can look at the stats. He, he would, did not have an average over 200 with the bases loaded down a couple of runs when the team needed him this year. If we just look at it as a whole, he pitched very bad in a lot of big games. Now, perhaps he was hurt. You have to take that into consideration. And I, I saw him here the week at the 4th of July weekend against the Padres. He did not have a good. He was terrible. He was terrible. Yeah. I mean, I think the Angel fans, long, Angels long term are dodging a bullet if they don't sign Shohei Otani. As crazy as it sounds, because they cannot. That's a hot take. But they cannot afford to pay him and Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. They already screwed up with Rendon. Well, they need to trade Mike Trout, and they can't pay Shohei. The last thing I'll say, Fernando, I know you want to say this. I know you want to No, talk, no, why don't but, you put your Twitter out there so people can at you? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to get into beef with that because all the Shohei stands and stuff like that. I also think it was really wrong the way he handled the end of the season. Now, I know the Angels didn't do him any favors, and but at least they traded all their prospects to try and contend. That showed a signal to him. And again, it was the wrong move, but that was because of their loyalty to him. And for him to you know, cl clean out his clubhouse, and I don't know if the oblique injury is true or not. He might have a little oblique injury, but I think he's just tired of the team. And I think the way he's handled the past three weeks doesn't show a lot of character. I'm going to be honest where, okay, with you guys. Where, do, where, where does Mike Trout get traded to, and where, uh, where does Mike Trout get traded to? What do you think? I mean, he, no one wants him. He's always hurt. But like, <laughs> if somebody if somebody wants him, Phillies, it may make the most sense. He grew up a Phillies fan. Uh, Arash, real quick, I got to yeah. ask you now. Yes. Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? By the way, how amazing was that? Unbelievable. The first SmackDown of Endeavor, and you get John Cena, Pat oh. McAfee, and The Rock. It was amazing. It was so much fun. It was great to see The Rock back. But by the way, Fernando, like, I was really kind of bumped to hear that, that, that him and Roman Reigns, like, as we thought, oh, was going to main event Now so we have fine. to go to Philly. Now we, we have to go to Philly. We, we, we do have to go to Philly. Uh, but, man, I mean... That, when, Fernando, when we're at SoFi Stadium for the Super Bowl and he's out there at 50 yards, I'm like, whoa, what an amazing promo. Yeah, that's, what I, I thought it, I that's mean, what I thought it was. Listen, I, I don't want to knock when this match does happen. Like, it was supposed to be Los Angeles. It was supposed to be SoFi Stadium. Uh, it, it'll still be We were both there regardless. when Roman Reigns teased it, too. Yeah. But, uh, he was like, hey, they, here, come on, Dwayne, let's do it. You and I, so... But did you see the Cody Rhodes the Cody Rhodes thing? Somebody was like showing the CM Punk video when he's like, uh, "That Dwayne's in the in the main event of WrestleMania next year," and I'm not makes me sick. So oh that was pretty. That was pretty funny. I'm gonna have a lot of fun just just seeing what's gonna happen. But yeah, but big big moment again. TKO now WWE UFC merging forces. So we'll talk about that some more. Um, in the coming weeks with Fernando, uh, Brandon, thanks again for uh, hopping back on. We'll uh, have of you back on again soon. That's all the time we have for, for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.